Welcome to the best kept secret video cast and podcast from Centricity. If you're a B2B service professional, use our five-step process to go from the grind of chasing every sale to keeping your pipeline full with prospects knocking on your door to buy from you. We give you the freedom of time and a life outside of your business. Each episode features an executive from a B2B services company sharing their provocative perspective on an opportunity that many of their clients are missing out on. It's how we teach our clients to get executive decision makers to buy without being salesy or spammy. Here's our host, the co-founder and CEO of Centricity, Jay Kingley. I am really thrilled today to bring on to the podcast, Reggie Holmes of Enthuse Creative. Reggie is a brand strategist and graphics designer. He works with CEOs of small to mid-market-sized business with a particular focus in professional services and nonprofits. Reggie, welcome to The Best Kept Secret. Thank you so much for having me, Jay. I appreciate that. Look, I like to get right into the meat. You have a lot of experience serving your professional services and nonprofit type organizations. What do you see as you look across your breadth of experience? What do you see as the big issue that you think so many of these companies are not thinking about correctly? What I observe uh, most often is that uh, business owners, uh, business leaders tend to think of their brand as something that ultimately serves them as opposed to something that serves their customers. Uh, so they, they lack that really customer-centric approach and focus. Um, they are very close to their brand uh, strategy, their brand identity, uh, and, and it doesn't allow them to be able to position their products, their services, their, their offering uh, as, as they need to in order to make the most impact and appeal to their clients and customers. Uh, it's really all about them and that's just not the right approach. So you're telling me, Reggie, that what, what you find people are doing is when they're creating their brand, they're starting with themselves as opposed to starting with the people they want to serve. Exactly. And uh, brands are, are created by people in order to serve people. And the ones that are that are getting the value that you're trying to create through your brand is your is your customers. Uh, and, and to you know, a lesser degree, those that are stakeholders in your business, but primarily it's your customers. And so as you're thinking about what the brand is all about, how it comes together and how it's communicated, the focus really needs to be on those that are going to derive the most value from the brand that you're trying to create. And that, again, is the customers that you're trying to serve. I think it was Seth Godin who had this uh, great definition of brand that it really represents the aspiration the statement of who, as a customer, you want to be and what the brand tells the world about you, not about the person who is offering you that service. So it seems like you are bang on with that. You're seeing that is an ongoing struggle. So what should these companies be doing instead of driving it from who they are and making brand a projection of themselves? Uh, I think what, hap what, what should happen first is really uh, understanding that it's a, it's a dialogue. Uh, your brand is, yes, it's something that you create, uh, something that you may come up with the initial inspiration and, and motivation behind it, uh, but it's, it's ultimately something that you're giving away and you're, you're inviting other people to uh, help shape and to share in. 
And so uh, you can't hold it too tightly in terms of, of what you create because you're, you're ultimately going to give it away and it's going to be something that uh, the market is going to form a perception about. And they are ultimately going to have the more of a say in what the brand is, not just what you put it down as on paper or, or what you sort of uh, bring it to, to market as. And so uh, I think first first and foremost is understanding that your yes, a brand is something that you create. And as uh, the brand steward, as the, the business owner, as the visionary behind it, you should feel close to it. You should feel attached to it. But you're creating it and giving it to the market, to your customers who have said they they have a need, they have a problem uh, that you believe your brand, your product, your service can solve. And so you're asking them to not only buy uh, your product or, or, you know, take advantage of your service, you're asking them to uh, form a perception about uh, your your brand. You're asking them to participate in that experience. And so there's kind of this distinction between the brand as it is expressed and the brand as it is experienced. And you, uh, as a business owner, you tend to have more of a say in how the brand is expressed, but how the brand is experienced is all about your customer. And so understanding that there's a difference there um, and, and that what the, the customer's perception is what actually really shapes the brand. Understanding that will put you in a much better position uh, to be able to, to engage in a little give and take uh, as you put your brand out into the market and allow people to experience it and shape their own perception. And they sort of define what the brand actually is, not so much you uh, as the one who developed it. I think these, these concept that you're talking about of driving it from your customers and their aspirations and and what it and how it should speak to them as opposed to what's in your mind and uh, really a reflection on you, which is a little bit backwards. It sounds very compelling, but look, you and I both know that business today is tough. It's getting tougher. Yes. You have to have a case. You have to have some real hard-nosed benefits for why you should make this change. So in your experience, what type of benefits do you see from that companies enjoy when they make this transition to becoming more customer centric with their brand? I've seen businesses be able to um, really it's about connection, um, making a, a much stronger connection. If you think about networking, which is, you know, something that we're getting back into the, the flow of doing a common phrase that's used in networking is that people do business with people that they know, like and trust. And uh, and building a brand is, is much the same way you're. Uh, creating the brand, not just from the position of this is something that I like, or, you know, this is what's comfortable for me, or, or you know, this is what we feel like we do well. You're really uh, trying to make a connection with customers who who have that that problem that you believe you can solve, who have those needs that you know that your product or service can meet. And so it's really about finding those people and making that connection with them. And so uh, businesses that are able to do that are able to, to grow more quickly. Um, they're able to make that stronger connection. And one of the ways that businesses can do that is through uh, purpose. It, it helps uh, brand purpose helps create a differentiation. Uh, it also gives people something to connect to. We desire meaning and purpose creates meaning. We desire to 
uh, connect to something that's bigger than ourselves. And when a, a brand goes into the market and says, yes, we sell X, Y, and Z widget, or we have, you know, ABC service, uh, but this is our purpose. At the core of what we do, at the core of who we are is, is this purpose. That gives the customer who is, yes, they're looking for, you know, an answer to a problem. They're looking for a product or service that meets a need that they have. But they also want to connect at a much deeper, more human level. And so purpose uh, allows you to be able to do that. So that's just one method that uh, businesses can use to be able to go beyond, you know, this is what we like. This is what we're all about to, yes, we provide this product and service, but we're also, we have a, we have a deeper purpose. There's a reason for us being uh, in your life. There's a reason why you as a customer should want to have a relationship with us, the business or the brand. And it, it helps to make, make it more uh, human and more personal. You know, th these businesses and brands, they're, they're logos, right? Without that human connection. And so uh, something like Purpose is a, a really great tool that even a small business can use uh, to be able to, to create more of that connection. And that connection will lead to loyalty. That connection will lead to um, them just feeling like, not only is this a product or service that I like, but this is a brand and a business that I trust. And they, they feel familiar to me. They feel uh, like family. And those are, you know, just like people, the, the, the ones that you want to go back to time and again, and the ones that you want to tell uh, others about. So as you were talking about that, one of the brands that came to my mind that I think is uh, took a risk, uh, put purpose out there with, with the folks from Dove Soap and about their uh, body image um, and really went against the grain, but took a strong stand. Uh, you have any, any, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but do you know how that turned out for them? I do. So uh, I have uh, some, some stats here that, that I used recently in uh, a workshop that I did. But uh, once, Bre uh, once Dove decided that uh, they wanted to do this body image project, and so, the, you know, they sell soap, they sell uh, body care products, but uh, they went a step beyond that and said, hey, we actually want to uh, position ourselves with a purpose of really caring about making sure that people have a healthy self-image. So uh, when they did their self-esteem project, their senior brand director said that there wasn't a single year where they declined in profits. Once they added the self-esteem project and, and along with that was sort of the call to action to go and, and you know, purchase Dove products, but it, it wasn't done in a very overt way, but it was attached to that project. Uh, they grew by 21% and their products, you know, only give them an 8% increase. But when they added the, uh, the calls to action from the self-esteem project, they grew by 21%. And so uh, Dove is an example of a company um, that has used this idea of purpose to go beyond selling a, a product. They still sell their products, but they also are, are selling this purpose. And it shows that people were looking for that. People really resonated with that. And they continue to do that self-esteem project to this day. And it's had great success for them. And I think a lot of us, you know, have seen their ads and appreciated what they're doing. But those kind of results are crazy. Do you think that these are, you know, that, that smaller businesses, you know, the people that you deal with, the small mid-market businesses, are capable of doing something similar? Or does that take the enormous budget of a publicly or a division of a publicly traded company to pull off that kind of a program? 
I, I think that it can be replicated in many ways, obviously at a smaller level, but no less impactfully for uh, smaller businesses by focusing on the market that they operate in. Uh, people, what, what I've observed through the pandemic is that people uh, started to look for ways to engage and get involved in their local community uh, and businesses that decided to not just change their business model because they had to, uh, but because they really saw the need to bring people together in the community and those that have continued to do that, uh, not just for uh, expediency sake, because they really wanted to make an investment in the community. Uh, they've they've been successful and they've sustained themselves. And so I think that going forward, what works best for small businesses is to really double down on focusing on what they can do positively, how they can live out a purpose in, in their own communities. Uh, I'm a member of a local uh, chamber of commerce here. We put together a restaurant week. This was last October, November. And, you know, restaurants, the hospitality industry as a whole was really hurting from the pandemic. And so the leaders in the, in the chamber, uh, and I helped lead the marketing there. So I was responsible for a lot of the, the branding and communications for the restaurant week. You know, they, they said, what can we do to support our, our local businesses in the, in the hospitality sector and in, in restaurants specifically? Uh, and so we put together this restaurant week. And obviously by that time, restaurants had figured out, okay, we need to do uh, curbside pickup. We need to, to, you know, do takeout. We have various delivery services that we're connected with. So there's many ways to get get the food. Uh, we just need to let people know that we are we are here. We want to serve them, um, and we're we're here for our community. And that was really the goal of the Restaurant Week, and it was incredibly successful uh, in just bringing people out to the restaurants. Um, and you know, everybody was happy. The the chamber members were happy. Uh, the chamber was happy with the engagement. Uh, we got a lot of great press in the paper uh, from that. And it was uh, just a testament to what can happen when you focus on your local community uh, as a way of, of creating purpose. And that was in Tyson's, Virginia, right? Correct. You, you've mentioned one way that uh, a company can implement this change in thinking, but take us through some other things that if you are this, for example, professional services or nonprofit or really any business that's prepared to be customer centric around their brand, what are some of the things that they need to be doing to make this happen? Uh, so I think one thing that needs to happen um, is is talking about what you deliver and not just what you do. Uh, there are in any in any space, there's a lot of people doing the same thing. And anyone can talk about, you know, what what they do. And, and so often we focus on our tools, uh, our, our, our tactics, our particular strategy. Uh, and we as business owners tend to love that sort of thing. Like, well, this is this is how I make the dish. What's most important is that it meets the needs of your customers and you know, people want to know the results that it generated. And so I think thinking about results and, and really finding ways to, you know, whether it's case studies, but, but how can you do that in a, in a way that's unique to your brand? How can you communicate the value of what you produce or deliver uh, as opposed to just, you know, the methodology? Like we love the methods and the approaches and the, and the tactics and, 
And that's important internally. But as you're thinking about branding and marketing really being a dialogue, that's not what's most important to your customer. What's most important is that if I hire you, you can deliver uh, the results for, for me and for my business. And so um, I think focusing on, on what you actually uh, deliver and results as opposed to the methods and, and all the tools that we use, you know, those things are important. But again, that's less important as compared to uh, how can you move the needle for the person that's that's considering hiring? You? Well, that's uh, great stuff. I think it's a real practical, impactful way to think about how any company of almost any size needs to be thinking about their brand and really drive things from their clients. Now, Reggie, I just want to uh, understand a little bit more about you and you as a professional. So you obviously are working for the small mid-market companies that focus on professional services, nonprofits. What are some of the issues that you find yourself dealing with for those clients? Uh, well, I sort of alluded to it earlier, but one of them is definitely uh, differentiation. Uh, you know, how, how do we set ourselves apart? There are uh, other consultants, other services firms that do what we do. Um, and many of them are often using the same tools, the same technology. So, uh, what I work with business owners with on a lot is is helping them figure out how to communicate and, and convey what makes them different um, and, and why that's valuable to uh, to their customers. So there's that question of, you know, why and then why you. Right. We you know, so so you start with why, uh, as the phrase goes. But but then the question is, why you you know, why should this other business who's looking for services, why should they work with your firm as opposed to your competitor? Um, so that's one thing. Uh, I think having a healthy uh, awareness of and appreciation for your competitors, but also not focusing too much on what others are doing. Really, I like to work with people on figuring out what is your unique value? What is What is the thing that you do that no one else does? And then how do we highlight that and communicate that in a way that's truly valuable to your customers. And if you don't know, figuring out how to ask your customers, right? They're, they're the best uh, source of business intelligence for you in terms of, of what you need to do or what you could be doing differently or better. And so I, I, I work with businesses to create ways to be able to start to have that dialogue with their customers. Well, Reggie, one of the things that we really teach all of our centricity members is people don't buy what you do, they buy how great you are at doing it. So I'm gonna turn the tables a little bit. Uh, why you, what makes you great at what you do compared to all your competitors? Uh, so I have um, really invested time and resources into becoming more of a strategist designer as opposed to uh, just a designer. I will readily acknowledge that there are a lot of great designers out there um, and, and graphic design as an industry is a little bit commoditized, but uh, I really lead with strategy and how I think through their, uh, my clients' needs. I think through um, the solutions that are going to be most impactful for them, and I'm able to communicate that in, in clear ways that add value. And so the design part of it is is kind of alongside of it, but... 
I, I no longer lead with that. But when I when I couple that with the strategy, they're able to work with me and get someone who can sort of see the campaign, uh, see the deliverable through from concept to completion and really work with them as a strategic partner uh, who also understands running a business. Um, and there's a lot of value in that in, in not having to you know work with a firm that's maybe too large for what they can really afford or, or you know, it's, it's not a sustainable relationship. They can work with me and I can grow along with them uh, as they're as they're growing their business. So it's really uh, valuable for uh, folks who are in that target market. I encourage people to check you out on LinkedIn. And when they do that, of course, one of the things you see about people is their uh, career history could call it a little bit of their online resume. You know, that's just the facts. I'm always interested in the story behind those facts. So what were the key things in your life, be it personal or professional, that you experienced that really caused you to take the career path that you have and end up where you are? Uh, so I'll, I'll go all the way back to high school just to, just for a bit. And I, I took a class that was a computer graphics class. Uh, and this is my first time using Adobe products like Illustrator and Photoshop. Uh, this is in the, the late 90s. I knew that I wanted to do something where I was being creative, uh, if not necessarily a fine artist. I didn't necessarily see myself hanging images in a gallery, but I did see myself using words and imagery and communicating something that was going to add value in the world. And so I sort of started to think about graphic design as a profession. At that point, I went to school uh, for design and uh, got a fine arts degree because design was under fine arts at that time. Uh, and then a few years out of school, I started to work at a university uh, and I was the staff designer there. And that gave me the experience of working with a number of different customers, even though they were all part of this university. Uh, it was like serving several different clients, even though I was in this in-house role. And so that showed me the value and, and, and the excitement of, of working for many clients at one time, which was something that was attractive for me as well. I didn't necessarily see myself in-house sort of working on one account, working on one type of project. I knew I needed to be uh, you know, stimulated in different ways and kind of working with several different things at, at once. And so I was let go from that job uh, for, uh, for budget cuts. And this sort of opened my eyes to the, the reality that jobs aren't promised. They're not necessarily going to be around forever. And what that showed me was that I needed to, to create uh, for myself a platform to be able to drive value, create not necessarily a name for myself, but just produce something outside of whatever I was happening to do for a job. And I necessarily think at that point about I've got to start my own business. But that definitely sort of put me on on that pathway. One of the things that uh, I think you can say is that you never know your true character until you deal with adversity. And uh, out of that adversity that you had, clearly, you know, you've gone on to much bigger and better things. Uh, you know, I think you've made a pretty big impression on uh, on our listeners, uh, really been insightful in terms of how to think about developing your brand from a strategic point of view, having it being driven by your customers as opposed by yourself. So how is it that people can reach out to you? 
to continue the discussion. My website is uh, enthuscreative.com. We've got some work there. We've got some great blogs and, and other content um, that will just kind of explain a little bit about how I think about branding and design and uh, the, the strategy of it all, uh, as well as, you know, there's an opportunity to sort of see the work and see some of the people that we've worked with. Um, I'm at Reggie at enthuscreative.com. Uh, I actually read read your emails if you do reach out. Uh, and also on social media at enthuscreative. I don't like to end this by putting people on the spot, but I'm going to do it anyway, Reggie. You know, I'm really thrilled to have you on, but I got to tell you, my listeners like little presents. So I'm going to put you on the spot and say, if our listeners reach out to you, mentioned the best kept secret podcast what is it that you can gift to them okay okay uh well what i can do is provide uh we have this great digital brand strategy guide uh and, and in it i talk about uh, a approach that any business can take to uh, start to build their digital brand right away and so i will Gift that to any listener who reaches out and lets me know that they heard this or saw this. Uh, and then we can set up a consultation, no cost, no obligation. Would love to chat with you and uh, hear about what you liked from this interview. Fabulous. Well, I'm going to suggest to everybody that they take you up, Reggie, on that kind offer. You know, brand is necessary to differentiate you from your commodities. If you don't have a brand, you are a commodity. The brand is what distinguishes you and differentiates you. And I think you have given us a lot to think about, about how to do that. You've uh, established, I think, some really good expertise, uh, and I appreciate your offer to share. So let me suggest to people, spend some time with Reggie. I think you'll find your return on investment on that is going to be incredibly high. Reggie, thank you again, and hopefully now you'll no longer be the best kept secret. Take care. Are you wondering how much longer you have to grind and chase for every lead conversation and client? Would you like clients to knock on your door so you no longer have to pitch, follow up, and spam decision makers? While Centricity's Category of One program uses a proven five-step process that will help you get in front of the decision makers you need by spending less time doing all the things you hate. It's not cold calling, cold email, cold outreach on LinkedIn or any other social media, or even spending money on ads, but it does have a 35 times higher ROI than any of those things, leveraging your expertise and insights at your prospects and network value. The best part, even though you'll see results in 90 days, you get to work with the Centricity team for an entire year to make sure you have all the pieces in place and working so you can start having freedom of time and a life outside of your business. So email time at centricityb2b.com to schedule an 18-minute call to learn more.